0: we are in the midst of a mental health crisis today's youth face a multitude of mental health issues however the issue is stigmatized and barely spoken about in everyday life we are a podcast for teens by teens this is mind over matter listeners and welcome back to Mind Over Matter. I'm Olivia Fanters, a sophomore at Weehawken High School, and I'm also the podcast producer. On today's episode, we have a special guest. She is a mental health advocate and has experience as the NJ Chapter Chair for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. She's also a creator and part of the NJ Youth Suicide Prevention Advisory Council. Please welcome Wendy Sefsik. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you for taking the time to meet with us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. It's a very important topic, and I'm so glad that your group has um, chosen to highlight it.
0: Well, we're very, very excited for the interview today. So first off, in case I miss anything, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do?
1: Well, you did a great job introducing me, actually. I I do wear um, a few hats As you mentioned, um, my name is Wendy Sefcik, and I am first and foremost a mother and wife, um, a mother of three boys, and I have a wonderful husband, Uh, but I also am the chair of the New Jersey chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and currently serving as chair for the New Jersey Youth Suicide Prevention um, Advisory Council, which has stakeholders from all across the state that that join the council and you have to be appointed to that council. I'm also a proud board member for the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County. And um, I think it's important that we try to bring all of these stakeholders together, which is why I wear so many hats. I'm a trainer for Teen Mental Health First Aid, which is a wonderful program that we bring to youth in schools um, among some other things. But I think that's a, a pretty good introduction.
0: Well, you obviously have a lot of experience, Um, but what I'm wondering is how did you uh, start working in mental health and what inspired you to take that path?
1: It's a great question, and it really is um, a passion of mine. And unfortunately, I got into this work um, because I lost my 16-year-old son, TJ, to suicide 11 years ago. And prior to that, I have to tell you that I worried about a lot of things and you know, took care of so much with my, with my children. But one thing I never really spent a lot of, a a lot of time with was thinking about mental health. Um, And I, I have to say that after we lost TJ in such a horrific way, we were, as you can imagine, stunned, shocked, devastated. And one of the ways that I used for coping was to try to figure out how this could have happened to my family, and I was really shocked to find how many kids that we use, lose to suicide. In fact, it's the second leading cause of death for our youth. And um, I realized that mental health is really important. In fact, one in four people will struggle with a mental health issue at in any given year. So as I started peeling back those layers, I knew that I had to do something. Um, I had to make a difference to make sure that other uh, youth did not die by suicide, that other families were aware, um, and that everyone started to understand how important it is to take care of our mental health. As, as much as we take care of our physical health, we have to have them on the same page. So that's how I got involved in the work. And it has really, it, it's, it's really a passion of mine. Um, so it, it's actually not even work.
0: Well, that is truly inspiring. It's so incredible that after your loss, you work to help those that are currently struggling with uh, what your son struggled with as well. Um, So from your experience, how do you think that students like myself and others on the Mind Over Matter team can make a difference when it comes to talking about mental health?
1: I think that you can make a huge difference. I want to share with you a little bit about my son, TJ. Uh, TJ was a sophomore when he died, and he was really uh, the kid that always had a huge smile. He loved to make everybody laugh. He was the friend that everybody else went to with their problems. Um, he was always there to support them. He was an, uh, a, a standout athlete. He was an honors student. Um, and the day he died, you know, he was making his class laugh in, in Italian. They were playing bingo and he was jumping on the desk and got everybody going into the game. So he hid his pain behind this smile. So I think one of the things that you can all do is to just take notice and, and to take that pause, to reach out. Um, if you notice any changes in your friend's um, any, any kind of change, whether it's that they had been really sad lately, and all of a sudden, they're, you know, kind of really happy and, and acting uncharacter uncharacteristically, you know, joyful, um, any change in behavior, you want to take notice, maybe they haven't been coming joining you at parties or hanging out with your friends, to not just talk amongst yourselves that, you know, I, I noticed something's going on with Sally, but to actually reach out to Sally and say, Hey, you know, I noticed you haven't been coming to practice. I know you, you know, you know, you haven't been coming um, to hang out with us like you usually do, is something going on. I just want you to know I'm here for you and um, I'd I'd like to help. Uh, One of the things that the research shows is that just by helping people that are struggling to feel connected, to let them know that you are a safe person that they can talk to, that they can open up to can really make a huge difference.
0: Well, I'm definitely going to keep that in mind, and I hope all of our listeners do as well. Um, so, how, as teens, can we change the way that mental health is viewed, and how can we make sure that it's it becomes in the future a less taboo subject? Okay.
1: Well, one of the, um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention does a lot of work um, in this area because we know the youth voice is so important. And we have a campaign called the Seize the Awkward campaign. And that's exactly what it is. We we really want to encourage youth to seize the awkward, right? It can be awkward to have these conversations or to open up these conversations. But we we really want to encourage you to have these conversations, to be to be bold about talking about when you're struggling yourself. Everyone's gonna have bad days sometimes. So it doesn't mean that you have a mental health illness. Um, maybe you're just having a bad day, but even that it's okay to share. I think that you have a particular challenge nowadays because of social media. And on social media, very often, everybody looks like they have a perfect life. You know, They look perfect. They're always doing these exciting things and it can make somebody that's struggling feel that their life really doesn't matter, that they are really not very connected. So it's particularly important to be vulnerable, and maybe post, I'm not having such a good day, you know, life, life is hard. Um, It's okay to be really real and authentic. And I really encourage everyone to do a little bit more of that. Also, kindness matters. You know, it's very, very simple, but you don't know, what that person you're walking past in school, maybe somebody, you know, has, you know, just kind of a face on, they look pretty miserable and you might walk past them and say, Oh, what's, what's his problem rather than thinking, Hmm, I wonder, I wonder if there's something going on. And maybe if you just smiled, um, or reached out a hand and said, hey, you look like you're, you're having a bad day can make a big difference. And if we do all share when we're having bad times and that life is less than perfect, it will go a long way in reducing the stigma. We also know that many people who struggle, one of the greatest barriers to them getting help is the stigma. So it's really important the language that we use. Uh, for example, um, a lot of times, you might hear, you know, youth today say things like, "Oh my God, she's so bipolar," or "I'm so OCD. I have to have everything in place," or, you know, "I'm really ADD." And it's said in a joking manner, and I know that it's not meant with bad feelings when people talk that way. But language matters. So to somebody who maybe does have bipolar um, or somebody that does deal with ADD or does someone that deals with OCD, these are very real illnesses. Um, They make life more challenging and it will really perpetuate that stigma when people joke about it right it's really you you can't imagine somebody walking around and saying i'm so cancer or i've got diabetes as a joke right it's nothing funny about it and that's a it's it's you know it does i see you know even you're kind of smiling because it sounds so silly we wouldn't do that with physical illnesses but we do it all the time when we're talking about mental health issues. So I think what everybody can do is to change how we're having these conversations and change the language. Another thing about language is think about when you say, oh my God, she is crazy, right? Crazy. What what does crazy mean? Right. It's also stigmatizing language for people who struggle with their health, because sometimes when people struggle with mental health, they may act in an irrational manner. Um, And it's stigmatized when we use terms like crazy. So those are all the little things that everybody can do is to just think a little bit about the language that you're using and the jokes that you're making, knowing that some people really do struggle and you don't want them to be embarrassed about what they're dealing with. Uh, I think that's, that's something that's really, really important that we can do is change our language in how we're talking about things and to share a little bit more. Um, for example, if someone's going for therapy, that's actually should be a sign of strength, right? It shouldn't be a weakness. We should look at that, that, wow, somebody was brave enough to acknowledge that they're struggling, to acknowledge that they're not perfect and they're getting the help that they need. That should be celebrated and admired, not looked down upon. So again, how we talk amongst our friends um, is to say, wow, isn't that great that she connected to resources and she's getting the help that she needs. And we're going to be here to help her navigate when she, when she comes back or um, you know, when, when she feels like hanging out with us again.
0: Yeah, I've definitely seen, especially in school, that people definitely play down mental disorders. Um, They kind of treat it like a joke, which it's totally not. And I I definitely think that's important to note, um, that everyone has to um, choose their language carefully. Um, So can you maybe talk a little bit about your presentations uh, that you do, like Talk Saves Lives and It's Real? Um, What are some uh, some topics that you discuss with teens?
1: Yeah. So in these presentations, they're really community awareness um, programs and Talk Saves Lives is really a general program that discusses the scope of suicide. Um, What are some what's what are we finding in research? What does the research show? And some of the things that it tells us is that suicide is a very complex health issue. It's never about just one thing. There's usually a combination of health factors, environmental factors that all come into play at a given time to create this higher risk. We know from research that there are some people that are at higher risk for suicide than others. And and understanding those risks can really be helpful in knowing who may be at risk for suicide and to make sure that they are connected to resources. Um, Our program And and Talk Saves Lives also does tell you how to have conversations. So we identify some of the myths. For example, one of the greatest myths of suicide is that talking about it will plant the seed of thought in someone's head and it can be dangerous when actually the research shows the opposite. If somebody is not struggling um, with suicidal thoughts, asking them about it and talking about it isn't gonna plant that seed, right? You're, um, I'm sure if I asked you, you know, have you ever heard of suicide? Do you know what suicide is? Um, you you do, you know, you see it in movies, you've read about it in books, you've been exposed to it. People know what it is. But for people who are struggling, when you do have open, honest conversations with them about it and ask them directly, you know, it seems like you're really struggling. You seem to be in a bad place. Sometimes when people are feeling like that, they think of suicide. Have you ever thought of suicide rather than making them think about it? What it does is it gives them permission to talk about it and to then say, you know what? Yeah, I have been thinking about it. I I really am hurting. And then it gives you or whoever's having that conversation, the opportunity to get them connected. I always wanna say when I'm talking to youth groups like yours, that what's really important is while it, it we all wanna be good friends and we all wanna keep confidences, when it's a life or death situation, like somebody talking about suicide, we really need to break that confidence. We need to know that it's too much for any one person to handle and we need to turn it over to a trusted adult. So I always encourage youth to identify who that trusted adult might be in your life. Try to think of three. Um, we'd love it to be your parents. We'd love you to be in that kind of a situation where you can go to your parents with anything, but we also know that very often teens, it's a time of pulling away and they may not feel that they can have that conversation with their parents, but you also have teachers, um, counselors, there are coaches, Um, maybe the drama teacher, maybe, you know, somebody that works in the cafeteria or the custodian, maybe the bus driver is somebody that you feel really connected with, maybe your friends, parents, an aunt, an older cousin, somebody. So identify some trusted adults within your circle and know that if a friend of yours is struggling you want to get them connected to a trusted adult. So you want to be able to lean on whoever that trusted adult is and you want to help them get connected to who they consider the trusted adults because these are big topics that we're talking about. And while they're important to talk about, we want to do it safely. And those are some of the topics that we cover in not only Talk Saves Lives, but it's real teens and mental health. So we really cover... What are some of the mental health issues that impact teens like depression and anxiety among others, but those are, you know, two of the most common, Um, we also talk about self care, which is a really important topic, we all need to practice self care. And to figure out what that means. Self-care is different for everyone. Um, you might hear a lot of times people say, just take a deep breath. And actually breathing is scientifically proven to be a great form of self-care and a great positive coping mechanism. If you're feeling anxious or Something's really getting to you if you can take that step back and take a deep breath. But for some people, that doesn't work for other people, maybe going for a run or going for a walk out in nature, um, maybe just curling up with a good book or watching you know, a funny movie on Netflix. That might be your form of self-care. So what that's what we cover in It's Real Teens and Mental Health. We talk about different ways that you can practice self-care and how important that is to your mental health. We also highlight that when we talk about mental health, everybody has mental health, right? And sometimes it's, sometimes you struggle with your mental health. It doesn't mean you have a mental illness, um, but it means that you're struggling at a particular time. And you can think of it as a spectrum, right? Sometimes you're going to be fantastic, right? You're just feel you can't be feeling any better. That maybe the next day you're feeling a little down and out Um, And then the next day you're feeling really good again. And then the next day you're feeling really bad. And that those feelings start to kind of stay with you. And they, um, they stay with you for a period of time, a week, two weeks, maybe into a month. And that's when, you know, that maybe you're heading into a real struggle where you really need to get connected to help. So those are the types of things that we talk about in um, it's real teens and mental health, because just like the title says it's real. you know. We, we all face struggles in our life and our mental health is something that, that is with us every single day, just like our physical health is, right? Our physical health is going to be really good one day and maybe not so good the next day. And we have one body, I don't know anybody whose head is disconnected from their body, right? So our mental health is, is just as important as our physical health. And we need to start viewing it that way
0: we definitely speak a lot about those topics on our podcast as well. So I I definitely think that um, a lot of the Mind Over Matter team definitely connects with that and a lot of our listeners as well. Um, So thank you so much, Wendy, for joining us today. And we really appreciate it. Um, Also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in and remember to check back next week for a new episode. Bye.
1: Bye bye.